Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, that is the sound of rock cracking, but this time it's cracking for the first time in February 2021. Welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. And uh, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I think we need to become the home of the Anti-Socialist Alliance. How about that? How about that for a name? The Anti-Socialist Alliance. Now, who is that? That's anybody that understands that socialism does not work, will not work, and it is the darkness in the future of America as we lean more and more socialist. So if you're against socialism, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Let's join uh, others around. You, I may not agree with a moderate Republican. I may not agree with a very conservative Republican. I may not agree with a conservative. I may not agree with a, a conservative Democrat. But I will agree with everybody that says socialism is bad for America. And so that's what I mean. And we're talking about, uh, we have people talking about primary and some of these um, uh, Republicans. And, and maybe they need that. This is my word. If we're going to go in 2022 and get the socialist out of positions of power we must work together so yeah go ahead and primary all the republicans you want to but you make doggone sure everybody understands no matter who wins that primary we have got to defeat the socialist and they say well how many socialists in there aoc bernie sanders there's more than that this is what you got to understand socialism in america and communism in america they're not strong enough to stand on their own yet, but all their power derives from the Democratic Party. So until the Democratic Party says we're not going to work with the socialists and out, out, get out of this party, until they say that, we must defeat every Democrat that we can. That's the only way to get the socialists out of America power structure. And they are dug in. So, the Anti-Socialist Alliance, right here, Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Now, I got to tell you, we got a great guest coming up in just a few minutes, Dr. Michael Bussler, political economics uh, analyst. He's professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. So, uh, looking forward to see what he has to say. Got a lot of questions for him. So, hang on tight. We'll have him on. But first, let me just remind you what, what has happened with Joe Biden president of the united states now and he accused trump of being a dictator for doing executive orders last summer when he's running uh well this is what he had to say 
I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, I, the one thing that I, I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Without even trying for consensus, Joe Biden on day one, day two, day three, did all these executive orders. He didn't even go to Congress to see if he could get it done. He just automatically did it. And when in the summer he said if a president he accused President Trump of being like a dictator using executive orders. <laughs> and here he goes. Uh, Democrats always contradict what they say. They say one thing and do the opposite. And whenever they accuse the Republicans of doing something, you can be sure they're doing it themselves. Uh, man. Man, we, we got a President Biden that, uh, you know, he's being run by a group. What group is that running those? Had the executive orders all ready to go? Don't believe it's Joe Biden, but um, that's the way it is. And let's look at this economy. Biden killed tens of thousands of jobs on the first day when he put out his executive order to stop the Keystone Pipeline. And he stopped building a, a, the border on the wall of Mexico. And tens of thousands of, thousands of jobs were lost just directly. But think about all those indirectly. Everything from uh, restaurants and, and fuel stations and uh, grocery stores. All these people are going to be losing some business and some jobs because of what Joe Biden did with the executive order. So we will, uh, we're going to ask uh, Dr. Uh, Bustler about that in a couple minutes. But I just want to prepare you for what. We should have a great year. Uh, you know, looking, Donald Trump said year 2021 is going to be a great year economically, and it should be from everything being compressed back because of COVID. But if Joe Biden and the socialists start digging into this economy of regulations and cutting out good-paying jobs and saying, like uh, uh, John Kerry said, well, they, they can start building solar panels. Well, I don't think welders get $100,000 a year building solar panels. We can check and see. Maybe John Kerry knows more than we do. But I will say that if the Democrats really start forcing their ideas, they can mess up what's been set up. It's supposed to be a blowout economy this year. Wall Street thinks it's going to be. That's why Wall Street's higher than it's ever been. And we'll just see if they mess this thing up. It looks like they're going to try to. And so saying that, let's uh, call Dr. Michael Bussler. On this week's Doc Holliday's Rock Split in Politics, we got Dr. Michael Bussler. He's a political economics analyst, professor of finance at Stockton University in New Jersey. He's a featured columnist at uh, Newsmax, The Hill, The Western Journal, and townhall.com. I've read many of your articles. And I've never had an opportunity to meet you. We're meeting over the phone. So uh, welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Well, thanks for having me, uh, Doc. It's always my pleasure to be here. One of the things we, we are in, uh, we look at yeah. the economy and politics. And, I mean, it's your, this is your field. And we've got a new president and uh, a country that's very divided. And we got an economy that uh, was in, in running the best it, could a year ago then COVID hit and stock market crashed came up and uh, and it's high, as the highest it's ever been and then we got economic policy so looking at the big picture and I know my okay. listeners 
Uh, we've talked about these things uh, before, but not since uh, President Biden has taken the oath of office. So looking at the big picture, where do you see this economy going? Okay, so let's uh, go back a little bit and, again, look at the big picture. So okay. um, th- this year, the economy, January, February, started off like gangbusters. Looks like we're going to have the best uh, growth rate year we've had in decades. Of course, then the uh, virus hit. Uh, we were forced uh, to shut the economy down uh, from mid-March to the end of April. That plunged the economy into a very deep but short-lived recession. The economy opened up again in May, and May, June, July, and August, uh, we saw tremendous economic growth. The economists would say we had a V-shaped recovery, which means the economy dropped very quickly, but it didn't stay low very long, and it rebounded very quickly. Then, starting in September, things started to slow down again, mostly because uh, governors of eight or nine large states shut their economy down completely, or at least partially. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Michigan, California, Washington, Oregon, shut their economy down either completely or at least mostly. Now, that counts for about a third of GDP in the U.S., so the V-shaped recovery started to to flatten. Mm. What the government should have done at that point uh, was pass a second stimulus package. But for a number of reasons, probably mostly political, uh, Congress decided to wait until after the uh, election and then try to get something through. And it really wasn't until the end of December that a package was passed. Now, that was about two or three months too late, and the economy uh, had started to um, flatten. For the year uh, just released, GDP uh, shrank. Uh, We had negative growth of about 3.5%. That's the worst year we've had in decades. Right. Um, <clears throat> however, again, we are starting on uh, that V-shaped recovery, although it's been uh, flattened. So what, what's going to happen uh, now? Uh, the Biden administration says we need another stimulus package. They're looking at something close to another $2 trillion. Now, these stimulus packages are both good and bad. They're good in the short term, The first stimulus package passed in spring, got the V-shaped recovery started. The second one is a little bit late in December, but it should help um, a little bit. Another stimulus package uh, should stimulate the economy even more. And assuming we can get enough vaccines out and get the economy back to normal, maybe by late spring, early summer, most economists are forecasting that this year we'll see um, pretty good economic growth. I said the stimulus is both a good thing and a bad thing. So on the good side, it's stimulating the economy, ending the recession, bringing things back. On the bad side, the government doesn't have this money. So uh, (laughs) that's what I was was waiting for you to get to that. So, yeah. So what does this mean? Yeah. So what what it means is um, the federal government. Really, since the 19, early 1960s, has been running a deficit in the budget uh, every year, with the exception of uh, 97, 98, 99, and 2000. We didn't have a deficit. But every other year, 53 of the 57 years, we've had deficits in the budget. So what happens? In order to finance the deficit, the government sells bonds. Um, so they sell the bonds, pulling money out of capital markets. 
so they sell the, the bonds um, to finance the deficit. Now, there's no mechanism in place to ever pay, pay the bonds back. In other words, we, we pay the interest every year on them, and then in 10 or 20 years, when the bonds mature and come due, we don't have the money to pay them back. So what happens? We sell new bonds to uh, pay back the old bonds, and we roll over the debt. As a result, the public debt, total of all these deficits, public debt keeps growing. How bad is it? Prior to the um, pandemic, the total public debt was around $23 trillion. In fiscal year 2020, which ended the end of September, we added another $3 trillion. So we're now up to $26 trillion. We passed a nearly $1 trillion stimulus package in December, takes us up to $27 trillion, and now they're talking about another $2 trillion stimulus will take us up to $29 trillion. Um, is, uh, that a problem? Yeah, well, is that a problem? Well, uh, well Dr. Bustle, uh, yeah. before you answer that, let me just... I don't. We, we say numbers, and I think this is the American public gets used to, okay, $23 trillion, $23 billion. They don't realize now. What other country, is there any, put that in perspective, what other countries in the world, you may not know, but if you, you know, guesstimate, but does any other country have anywhere near the size of debt that we have? I, I'm not talking about percentage-wise, but, I mean, we're talking about, you know, going on thirty trillion dollars. Do other countries owe trillions of dollars, or or do you know? Wait just a minute, uh, Doctor Bustler. Think on that, and then let me uh, remind our listeners: you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on WebTalkRadio.net, and we are listening to Doctor Michael Bustler, and he's a political economics analyst, and he's given us some brilliant insight on this economy and where we are, and about the uh, we just asked him a question about uh, our $30 trillion debt almost, and do other countries have that same debt? And so we're going to get his answer in just a minute. But let me do take this time to remind you we have a book that you can order by uh, going to docholiday.org. That's www.docholiday.org. Holiday of two L's in it. And we got a book called Bedrock Truths. I wrote that book along with Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Alex McFarland. You can get that book by going to her website. Got some other books you can get there. But uh, let me just say, uh, go to the website, and we will have to build that up as the Anti-Socialist Alliance. How about that? Maybe we'll get working, changing it up a little bit so that we will update where we are in this world, fighting socialism. So, uh, Dr. Bustler, uh, let's see, have you been able to check on that as far as the, uh, do you know other countries that have a debt as much as we do, uh, $30 trillion? Do you know? No country is anywhere close to that. Um, I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, I think the worst uh, public debts with other countries are only in the one or two trillion dollar range right. i'm not 100 percent sure of that so i do have to check but um let's put that number in perspective so most economists will say if the public debt is less than one year's gdp you're probably okay now for other countries in the world they're all in, in that position the debt mm-hmm. is less than one year's gdp the u.s our gdp this year will be uh, probably in the 21 trillion dollar range so we're almost 50% more than one year's G- 
GDP. So why is that a problem, you might ask? Well, the answer is you have to pay interest on that debt. Even though the interest rates are very low, we'll spend $400 billion this year on interest. That's about 10% of all government spending, and it's $400 billion that can't be used for good things like infrastructure and uh, all kinds of things. So the interest expense is getting high. The second problem is if the federal government keeps selling bonds and pulling trillions out of the capital markets, there's going to be less available for business when they go to uh, raise capital for expansion. And if business can't raise capital and to meet new demand and they can't expand, the result is you tend to stagnate the economy and if they can't meet the new demand by increasing output, the only thing left to do is to raise prices. So if we continue on this road, it will lead probably to a stagflation, which means a stagnant economy with inflation and rising prices, something we haven't seen since the 1970s. And if we have the rising interest rates, then all of a sudden that $400 billion we pay a year could double or even triple, correct? Exactly. Exactly. We're at historically low interest rates right now, but as these uh, bonds mature and we roll them over, we're going to eventually interest rates are going to start to go up. Um, We're going to have to start uh, selling bonds at higher interest rates, and you're exactly right. The interest expense could go up significantly. Well, now, uh, Dr. Bussler, that that gets a big picture. It's not really a pretty picture. But no. looking at the little picture, we had even last week, I mean, going on this week, with uh, look at the stock market, and uh, and we're not going to go deep into it. We can't, but GameStop, and you got uh, uh, the market stopping, uh, and, and then the big tech saying, hey, you know, you got to stop this, uh, uh, what the Wall Street uh, board, Reddit board that uh, people were uh, hurt, hurting the big hedge funds who had shorted game stock and and little investors around the world especially the united states buying it up and yeah and and they weren't prepared for that the big the wall street big firms that always had their way to make money like a big python they're going to squeeze a company to death and and these little investors uh have have uh put the hurt to them so is this an effect, or how does these a little? The, how does this fit into the big picture? Are we seeing we're going to see more things like that. Well, uh, what happened with Game uh, GameStop was a, a new phenomenon. I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward, but let me talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, the stock market in general is probably going to continue to go up this year, and the reason is. When um, investors look at how much they're willing to pay for a share of stock, it depends on their anticipation of future earnings. So if you think a corporation profits are going to go up, the value of the stock is going to go up. So those are uh, stocks that you buy, you're willing to pay a little more for. If you think the future of the company is negative and they're going to start having uh, decreases in profit or even losses, the stock will be worth less, so you'll be willing to pay less. So because the market in general continues to go up, it it means that investors believe the economy will recover strongly and you'll see big profits um, throughout this this year. Most economists believe that the uh, virus will probably be under control by maybe June-ish. And the second half of the year, we should see a lot of this pent-up demand 
uh, start to come out and uh, the economy really rebound quickly and corporate profits go up. So I think for this year, the stock market is signaling they expect a good year after the virus. Now, specifically about game stock. Fighting for time here, and I wanted to get to one more thing, but but go ahead and and, and okay. Let me just mention real quick. quick. So, large hedge funds shorted GameStop, which means um, they believe uh, GameStop profits would continue to plummet. Um, so, what they did, shorting means you borrow the stock from your stockbroker, uh, sell it today at, at what you believe is a high price, and then you tell the stockbroker, "I'll return it in sixty days." or so, and you expect to be able to buy it back at a lower price, and therefore you've made a, a profit. So right. what the people, small people did, they saw that the hedge funds had shorted this position, and they have to buy the stock back within 60 days. So all the little guys started pushing the price of uh, the stock way, way up, and when the hedge funds had to buy it back, they were buying it back for much more than they paid for it, yeah. and they ended up losing money. How will this uh, continue in the future uh, sort of remains to be seen. I don't know what the Security Exchange Commission may do about this. Well, I, it's a phenomenon that's uh, surprised everybody, but I, especially the hedge funds. But I did want to, and, and that's you, you paint this picture, and, and as we um, expect the economy to get better, what about, I know the first day on off, in office, uh, executive orders and and uh, President Biden just cut out the Keystone Pipeline and, and all the jobs associated with that and then and, and stopped building the border wall and all the jobs associated with that. I know in a, in a, this is dropping a bucket with all the jobs in the country, but is that a good precedent or is that precedent where uh, so many people think we get this green economy or like uh, uh, former Secretary Kerry, the climate czar, said, well, you know, the, those welding on the pipes they, they can go make solar panels so how does that affect the economy is that going to have a major effect this year or down the road or, or do you, what do you think about that the effect this year i don't think will be uh real significant although uh as you say there are tens of thousands of jobs being lost so far by president biden's um executive actions the thing with biden and he did it when uh, Obama was uh, president, too. Um, their number one priority is to cure perceived social injustices. It's injustice everybody doesn't, uh, doesn't have health care. It's injustice there's not enough food stamps to go around. So they work on that rather than concentrating on economic growth. Did to the energy sector, we finally got to be energy independent. So it doesn't matter if people in the Middle East start fighting with each other and cut off the oil. We make our own, and gasoline kept the price very reasonable, under two fifty two dollars and fifty cents a gallon in most parts of the country, and some even um, less than that. And from a political standpoint, it allows us to be independent and not have to uh, worry about some of these countries in the nations that are really not very friendly. Absolutely, um, yeah. To, to us, so I think cutting off the Keystone Pipeline, which took Canadian oil. Uh, Canadians have the oil. They don't have the refinery capacity. So it piped the uh, oil down to Oklahoma and wherever it was going in the south. And that is good for both Canada and the U.S. um, because now we would have we would have had plenty of um, energy. uh, But now that's gone away. Some of it may be um, transported by train, which is much more expensive and actually environmentally worse than going through a a pipeline. Some of it will get 
sold to perhaps people we didn't want it necessarily uh, sold to. So I think that's a bad thing. It's hurting short-term jobs. People that work on the, the pipeline, oil is something you need people there every day because you're producing oil every day. <clears throat> in the solar uh, and wind, you put it up, and you don't need people operating every day. So the salaries are about half of what they could have earned in the oil industry, and there's going to be far right. less jobs. This idea about the green energy is going to create many millions of new jobs simply isn't, isn't true. Uh, it will create some new jobs, but not nearly as many as you're going to lose. And the, the last part is, um, when President Trump got into office, remember we had eighty to 100,000 illegal immigrants coming in every month right. and essentially being caught and released into the system. They're willing to work for a lot less money, because they're just happy to be here, work yeah. for a lot less money than Americans. So it depresses wages and uh, eliminates the number of uh, entry-level positions typically for Americans. So far, everything Biden has done, he believes it's for a social good, but what it's done is hurting the U.S. economy and the American worker. Well, uh, Dr. Bussler, you, you've... Uh given you've put out the big picture and little picture appreciate you being on doc holiday's rock splitting politics and very informative and we look forward to getting you back one day we'll see how uh president biden's doing uh, down the road thank you for having me doc it's my pleasure to be here i do look forward to doing this again and that was uh dr michael bustler and we appreciate him coming on the show and now i am more enlightened i hope you are i do have a lot more questions i wish we would had more time that's why i said we have to get him back on the show we did it did not even get to look into cryptocurrency bitcoin uh what's going on there as there's been a huge rally in bitcoin and if we print more money which we're going to do when we're borrowing more and more money that means we're printing money and like you said we don't have the anything to back it up we're just printing paper money so it means our dollars will become less and less does that mean bitcoin's gonna go up 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 and keep going up I, I don't know but it makes sense that it would and cryptocurrencies are those who don't understand that you got bitcoin is the sort of the granddaddy if it was the first currency built on computers the blockchain technology but there's actually hundreds and even more than a thousand of little what they call altcoins some of them are very tiny, some of them very useful, some of them may grow to be humongous in, uh, in, in their market share and how much money they're worth. So a lot of people that may get tired, these people that are on the Reddit, uh, Wall Street bets, Reddit uh, board that have been uh, curtailed and, and some made fun of, kicked off, and, and then you had Robin Hood who, who, who forced <laughs> their, their uh, people using their service to uh said you could only sell you can't buy anymore gamestop you can only sell they did that forced that order on them so uh, they don't have that in the cryptocurrency markets because it's not regulated by the sec so to speak at this point to the degree that uh the uh, stock market is so what does that mean and you know just like this gamestop and the uh in the amc uh, theaters was part of being run up by the this group and and, and the little guys, if they grasp more power, does that mean to say, hey, if, if they kick them out of stock market, won't let them, you know, compete with the big fat cats, or the big fat cats don't want them in there. They want to keep 
uh, reaping the rewards that they've uh, uh, fixed for themselves in so many ways. So does that mean uh, these uh, all, all these entrepreneur young millennials that are in Robin Hood will will they go to cryptocurrency where they don't have to fight the Fed fight the Fed where they don't have to fight all the Wall Street insiders? I don't know if they do. You could see fortunes made in the cryptocurrency, no matter what the stock market does. So, interesting times we live in. And you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We're glad you're here. Tell your friends and neighbors. I wish President Biden had not been inaugurated. I wish that he had not uh, been in position to be called the winner. I'll put it that way. I'm not going to be one of these people who says, hey, it was stolen. I will say we should scan the ballots, as uh, Jovan Pulitzer and others have called for. Let's have a Republicans and Democrats, and let's open up, look at the ballots, make sure they're all legal, and that can easily be done with technology we have. That's what we need to ask for, scan the ballots. I'm not saying it was a stolen election. I'm saying it's not a fair and honest election till we all get to look at how you did the results. And, and that's election integrity. So we'll continue to fight for that right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And we'll look at this interesting year that is unfolding before our very eyes. See you next week right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHoliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.